If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> we are here with Bo Gardner. This is actually for several reasons. This is kind of a white whale podcast for me because growing up, you would hear LVE, but it was just that you would hear LVE. We knew that had something to do with Vegas, but it was like this cabal that you. Would, it wasn't names, it wasn't faces. It was this organization, and it was almost like that castle up there on the hill that you knew was there. Um, and so, for me, selfishly, to get to know some of the people behind that that organization that make this town work, that have made the NFR what it is, um, all that you guys have contributed to the sport of rodeo, and also some of the unfair reputation type things that people assign to LVE because they don't know. Right. You guys are in a weird spot in that LVE is an easy scapegoat to blame for problems that are nuanced. Because they don't know who we are. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So to get to sit down and talk to you, like to, selfishly, like I'm, I appreciate you doing it. I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm excited to hear some of the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't know the answers to. <laughs> I mean, I'd have good ones either. <laughs> so I want to get, I want to get to to LV here, LVE also. But before we do, I'm curious. Before you were here, before this is what you were doing, what what in your life led you to a job or that helped qualify you for a job like this? Where'd you start? I started with a Anheuser Busch wholesaler in the state of Ohio. Okay. Um, I was a salesperson there. When I moved to Las Vegas, sales and marketing were kind of one and the same. Uh-huh. So I got to have the opportunity to meet a lot of uh, folks that are tied in with the hotel properties, with the venues. And um, so then they recruited me, LV. So what was your background before you got that job? Is that what you'd gone to school to do or what was... How were you, how were you able to do what you were doing well? Sure. So I was in marketing at the Ohio State University. The The Ohio State State University. I was privileged to have a scholarship through the American Quarter Horse Association. Really? Yes, sir. So I competed for the state of Ohio, um, placed ninth in the world and uh, two years in a row. No kidding. Yep. So they gave me the scholarship. Started off in computer um, information science, CIS is what they called it okay. before. And uh, back then, computers were not that popular. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, it's kind of a trend. It's never going to work. Right. We had the TI-55-2 calculator. I think that was probably the most popular computer like we had. like the iPhone of the day. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. So, um, yeah, that's where I got my start. But I think, and and I've said this many times, is... Your degree gets you somewhere. It might get you in the door, but it is your personality and who you are that takes you farther. We, we've said this a few times on this podcast before, but there's a lot of young people that listen that yeah. are going, you know, what I do right now really doesn't matter. I can't wait till I get my big shot and then I'm going to become somebody. And one of the things we consistently hear from people in cool positions or in cool places is that who they were, who they developed into as a teenager, as a young person is really the thing that those were the most uh, maybe meaningful years because it shaped them into the person that when they got those opportunities, they were able to capitalize on them. Correct. And so your formative years cannot be understated. Like Never. if you're, if you're kind of in your dark years of life and then to hear from people in your position, mm-hmm. I hope that, I hope that people listen and go, okay, all right, it's there. I trust it. 
It does. Uh, Vegas is, uh, when I moved here, there was only 800,000 people here. What year was that? That was in 1996. And now there's over 3 million. How did the, how did the onboarding to LVE go? Because if you're, if you had been doing something else, did, was it something specific that they brought you on to fix or improve? Or did they just think that what you did was a good fit with the culture? How did the conversation on the onboarding go? You know, Las Vegas events is all about culture, especially in our office. There's only 16 of us. So there's only 16, there's only LV? 16 full-time what? employees at Las Vegas events. No yes, kidding. Sir. And prior to me interviewing for the position, I had no clue what Las Vegas events was or sure. what they did. And I worked for, for Budweiser, you know, yeah. so I, we crossed paths many times. I was very fortunate that Pat Christensen and Dale Eels were my clients when they were at the Thomas and Mac uh -huh. when I was with Budweiser. I worked on the sponsorship there okay. with them, and they ended up at Las Vegas events. Patrick uh, Christensen became the president, and Dale was in the position that I am in now. So he was given another position as event development. And they said, we need somebody to help us with the NFR that knows the Western lifestyle. So that was still, in a sense, it had been here a while, but in 96, mm -hmm. it was only 10 years in. You know, it was working. Obviously, people were happy with it, but we didn't I have... didn't start with Las Vegas events until 2012. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I want to... So, okay. So, so then go back. By then, it was kind of a step. That's correct. What were the... Because when did the World Series moved to Vegas. When did their finals? That was, it was brand new right in there, right? You mean the World Series of Team Roping, yes, right? Yes. Denny, Denny Gentry at that time. Right. Um, we've been heavily involved with that event. At first, when it started at the South Point, um, of course, Michael Gons on the LVE board. Um, so he's the one that kind of brought the event to us to look at. Um, we have some criteria for all our sponsorships. Um, for us to get involved and invest in an event, they have to be three different hotel properties. It can't be two MGM properties and South Point, right? It's got to spread it out. It has to be three properties. Well, okay. the number of team ropers that yeah. come to the South Point can all Point. stay there. He doesn't right. have enough room for all of them. So he dumps into the Tropicana and some of the other surrounding properties. So um, Las well, Vegas like the, the, What is there around there? There's like the Berkeley... Yeah. Um, what's the other one down there kind of in the same area? There's a few that are There's, just full. Mm -hmm, correct. Well, I, and I guess my reason for the World Series question specifically was it was around that time that all of the auxiliary events, when you got here, it was like all of a sudden the NFR is great mm -hmm. and it's been what it is for a long time. But now it's so much more. Almost, You almost wonder like if something were to happen in the NFR, just pulled up stakes and went somewhere else, would this still be a cultural impact this time of year? It feels like it's grown so big that – Yes, it was built around the NFR, but it would almost sustain a lot of what it is now, even without the rodeo. It's grown so much outside of the Thomas and Mac. The NFR to Thomas and Mac is obviously the, the drive home for everything. We call it the NFR experience, right? Everything yes. that happens around yes. the NFR. Uh, we have a daytime, which we call nine to five. We have the perf itself, and then we have the NFR after dark. So the hotel properties, we can't do it without them. Mm -hmm. We have 28 hotel properties involved. Um, Chris Woodruff has been here for well, a, a while with his gift shows, the Western uh, 
Christmas shows that he has that used to be at Mandalay Bay and, uh -huh. and now has moved and he has one at the Rio and he does a wonderful job with what he does. Um, I'm so, surprised. I'm surprised there's only 28. It seems like every everyone benefits in this town. There's like there's no boat that doesn't somehow get elevated. So those 28 actually invest in the NFR. They pay a Into. sponsorship. We give them all the same assets, which is the shuttle bus, which is the live satellite feed, the opportunity to purchase tickets, sure. and all the assets that you see at the Thomas and Mac, and and all the program ads and fan guides and. Yeah. So those are the 28 that are like yep. marquee. Yeah. So you come in in 2012. Mm -hmm. Was there was there a moment where you went, what have I done? This is this is too much. Like you, I would I would assume that would be an overwhelming thing to walk into. It was definitely overwhelming, and I started in February, and worked all year for something that I didn't know what it was going to look like. Right. right? Which right. was the sponsorship side, the Cowboy Christmas side. At that time, we did not have. We started out with Junior NFR and then changed the mm -hmm. name. But uh, so, yeah, I had no idea how to what even order that? a sign. What year did that start? <laughs> Seven years ago. The first was Junior NFR. It was Junior NFR for, for two years. And then we just changed the name to help out on the sponsorship side because with the letters NFR in it, we can't sell in that category if it's already taken. Sure. So we, we just changed the name. And. For example, we now have uh, Rodeo Rigs as a trailer sponsor for the Junior World Finals, and we have uh, Bloomer Trailers for the NFR. Right, right. It allows it to be its own yes. standalone yeah. event, even yeah. though we know like it's all going to be a part of the same experience. Yes. Pausing. That's what I love about important people. You just walk in. You never know. You never know. You're we gonna, we you're have an open door it. policy. I love that. So, so the first year. Um, was there ever in anywhere in there? Was there ever a moment where like you called your people and you're like, I don't know if I can do this, or was it no. so exciting? You're like, I'm gonna figure this it out. This industry is the best to work in, and everybody's so nice, so accommodating, and it actually made me want to work harder. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, it's overwhelming, but like you're gonna rise to the occasion. Yes. When you came in, what was the area you first saw that said, I think I can be a part of seeing this, this right here improve? Like this area would be better, and I'm gonna tackle that first. My area that I attacked first was the sponsorship side of it because I already had these relationships with the hotel properties. Sure, right. And I dealt with a lot of sponsorships when I was with Budweiser. So I knew how to approach. I may not know the people, right. but I'll give you a, a, a pretty funny story, actually. My first PRCA sponsor meeting, they asked me to stand up on stage and tell folks who I am and what I'm doing. And I'm standing up there with all the PRCA national sponsors. And I looked out and I said, you know, I said, I got my Wrangler jeans on. And I said, and I used to work for, um, uh, for, for, for Dodge, our race cars for Budweiser were Dodge. Sure. And I was corrected at that moment it says, we're not Dodge, we're Ram. I mean, so yeah. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. So, and of course, I'm dealing with Coors now, and 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 not the brand I was with. And right. So it was a there's some landmines. Yeah, there yeah. are, there are. But you know, they were super nice, and I, I, I appreciate all that they did for me to help us be successful together. Yeah. So I'm curious, and and I fully give permission on this to mm -hmm. say pass if it's just an, a, a nuanced thing, and I got to set this mm -hmm. question up. There would be questions that I know that I could ask that you wouldn't be able to answer. And here's why. I think it's easy to go, oh, he's hiding a secret. I don't want to even go down that route. What I'm saying is you are not going to 
answer on behalf of someone who's not present in the room. You, there's answers you can't give because you're not going to put words in other people's mouths. Um, so I realize there's some topics that I'd like to bring up, and then you tell me if that's something that a lot of people would be affected by the answer, so therefore you can't answer, or if it's something that you feel confident with. And I would hope that people listening would recognize, like, hey, you can answer if it involves you. Sure. But if it involves people that aren't present or here to defend themselves, it's not even a fair thing to try to attempt. Okay. Is that a good press? Pre- I think the thought would be LVE makes $300 million in 10 days. The Cowboys get whatever there is. And I, again, because you're this mansion up on a hill, we don't know what the inside looks like. We don't know the people that live in there. There's all these assumptions. There's all these, uh, not a bad way, because really, honestly, what you want is the fans, you want them to feel invested. Mm-hmm. So part of their investment is having an opinion. So I'm not going to be the guy that's like, you're not here, shut up. I don't think that's how you should handle a fan base. Part of their complaints is part of their expression or their participation what goes on out here. Mm-hmm. Were you, were you, um, how much of that do you feel like you could get into as far where you see the money going at this rodeo or how do you see the path forward to it increasing? Um, is, it an adequate, is it an adequate relationship with the rodeo and the money that it brings in in your mind? Yes, it is. I feel there's no other city in this country that could offer what Las Vegas has to offer. From there... It does come down to money. Sure. It's a business. It is a business. LVE is a 5013C. We're a nonprofit. So any money that we get or any money that we make goes back to our partner, which is the LVCVA. So. And what's LVCVC? Las Vegas Convention Visitors Authority. Got it. And they're the ones that oversee the city in general. And this convention hall that we're sitting in. And you are specifically, LVE is specifically tasked with which part of that? So our money uh, is comes from all of our partners. Uh, that money comes from a portion of the hotel sales room tax. Okay. That's the heads and beds tax. That's the heads and beds tax, right? So our job is to put butts in beds. Right. And to raise uh, the ADR and well, occupancy. For people that don't know how that works, the, every hotel is required to pay a heads and beds tax. Mm-hmm. And that tax is designed to create more tourism, Correct. to create the economy, so that the guy that works at the grocery store or pumps gas or the electrician or the plumber, those guys are benefiting from the tourism attraction. That's correct. Because otherwise you'd have all this tourism money coming in, but the town itself could be broke. Correct. So it's a really good outlet for how to take some of that tourism money and redistribute it through tourism to raise the economy in a town. It's, yes, a, it's, a, it's a tremendous idea, and that's not just Las Vegas. That's, that's a universal thing that hotels have to pay. Yes. So your responsibility is how to take that heads and beds tax and see to it that that tourism economy type stuff continues to grow throughout the city throughout the year? Yes, sir. And how much of that is y'all's focus is loss, or is uh, the national finals versus all the other events? Because I don't know if people would understand that. Right. You guys aren't just solely the NFR, are you? LVE? No, we are not. What other type of events do you oversee? Because they just had, what, a Formula One race? Well, so the Formula One race, the Super Bowl, those type of events are all pretty much contracted and go through the LVCVA. Okay. They, um, they bring those events to Las Vegas uh, on behalf of a portion of that hotel sales room tax, um, same way they would do with conventions uh, in, in this building. Sure. Is, uh, that, you know, they're tasked to bring tourism through sure. the convention services. Right. So uh, other events that we participate in, 
Uh, we do the fireworks at New Year's, so we shut down the strip and and uh, we coordinate through eight hotel properties and set those fireworks off. Uh, Rock and Roll Marathon was another event. Um, we actually brought Electric Daisy Carnival here. Um, we do the... Um, um, Are you cowboy hat and boots all year? Or I there are times you have to wear a suit and tie? This is you all year? Yes, sir. Wow, that's awesome. For all that you get to do, yeah. your cultural background. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so back to the original question. When you look at the money that, that comes in to the NFR through LVE, for the people that would say that it seems lopsided towards Vegas, like that Vegas is making a, an unfair amount of money. I'm not, I know. No, you're fine. I, I'm just, I'm curious if there's an answer that, that I could see sense. that. I could see that for sure, that assumption being made that way. Um, it is tight. It is a tight budget for us because – we do not have like other rodeos have. We do not have any volunteers. We pay everybody. Well, and you can't go force if it's no. not in the tax budget. You can't go force a hotel to donate more than they're required to give. So let's say, let's say for the sake of conversation, let's say Las Vegas brings in a billion dollars, right? But the tax dollars are what they are. LVE only gets to work with what they have. That's they correct. don't get to oversee the budget of these hotels or casinos. So no matter yeah. how much money's coming in, you don't get to allocate their no. money towards the rodeo no sir so you're not working with the entire mm -hmm. uh economic impact you're working with the amount that you're able to deal with the income that we have to support the wrangler national finals rodeo comes from either sponsorships uh ticket sales or the cowboy channel cowboy christmas so what you're saying bo is there's not just a war chest of 300 million dollars a year no. sitting there in your pocket no. that you're not giving to the prc that's correct <laughs> you know what would be nice i mean and then there's probably a lot of people out there if you want to you want to get down to the nitty-gritty i mean the, all the food and beverage that's sold at the thomas and mac and here at the convention center we mm -hmm. get zero all the parking that's paid we mm -hmm. get zero it's really? just tickets it's just sponsorships and it's just what we sell sure. exhibit space here for so what's the culture of the guys on the board at lve is there is there a kind of a mutually agreed upon ethos of what you want to see is it is it future planning is it current improvement is it holding on to tradition what is what is the culture of the guys that sit on that board um, that oversee that our board is very unique uh, we not only have folks in that on our board that have a political position most of them are tied in or directly run the hotel casino properties very very powerful board uh, even the mayor is on our board really yes so there's a lot of different entities that make these decisions final decisions um, but we have a partners meeting first with lvcva r and r partners r and r partners is the the media side for for the lvcva so when you hear those commercials what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That right. comes from them. That's R&R. &R. They, they promote the destination. So when you go to another rodeo and you see a Las Vegas or you go to a PBR event sure. and you see a Las Vegas sign, that's not us. That's them. That is them. Okay. So you're part of it working in, you know, in uh, concert with those. Yes. What is, what is the thing that they go, we can't touch that. That's got to be LVE. Where do they, where's the like center core of your task? It, you know, and it really doesn't work that way. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. In that partners meeting, we'll decide as a, as a group, the three of us will decide whether or not even to present an event to the LVE board. Oh, gotcha. So we're... So the partners that, meeting is really the one that decides what might be worth pursuing or yes. not. Yes. 
Gotcha. And then the LVE board will have the final say. Gotcha. What are the types of events that you know are going to be a home run? Like you just know, like they're going to say yes, that you get excited to present because you know what's going to work. What's the, not what specific event, but what's the kind of things they like? You know, um, I was part of uh, the team that went down and pitched the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament here in, here in Las Vegas. And we took a couple hotel partners down there. We went to the Staples Center, saw the, the opportunity um, with the attendance that they have. And, and we feel um, like if you give those folks that are in the Pac-12, mm -hmm. uh, those surrounding states, the opportunity to come to Vegas – it's just an excuse for them to come and That's they right. come, right? right? So it it started at the MGM and now it's in T-Mobile Arena. And that event alone- It's found at, a home. Absolutely. Yeah. And and our goal is to to bring an event to Las Vegas. You, you help them through the first two or three years, but your goal is so they can succeed on their Sustainability. own. Sustainability. So we yeah. can pull that money and then go grab another event. That makes so much sense that you will help it get started. It's like drilling a well, right? Yes. It's all expense until you hit the well and then it becomes a producer, Correct. right? And so an event that's gonna come in, stand on its own two, v, two feet, be a contributor to the city of Las Vegas, that's the kind of thing that you're, you're looking to do. Absolutely. Um, what about, I'm going to get barbecued for this because I'm about to ask you a baseball question before I ask the other question, but I am going to baseball first. So everybody that's like, don't do it, ask it. We're getting there and I will okay. go fast. How has it affected the culture around here with the potential of a baseball team coming in? You know, we're, we were very fortunate to get the Las Vegas Golden Knights and for them to have success in their early years. Because everybody's watching. Right? Everybody's watching. Can a sports watching. team work in a tourist town? Everybody's watching. And it's the first time we've ever had a national major yeah major sports championship yeah, yeah. and uh, i would say then the raiders came right and then Doesn't we had the, the wnba the come and uh, they're world champions also uh, so we've been very fortunate the baseball um it's had some rocky roads as far as exactly where they're going to go and when they're going to go there and well in the fan base and its relationship yep. to the owners and yep. the, it's been it's been a pretty highly uh followed controversial mm -hmm. sort of thing it has is that from y'all's perspective is that make you nervous that there is so much controversy surrounding it no i think there is a lot of politics in it and where's the money going to come from because you know the the golden knights i mean they were all self-funded really they didn't there no increase in any tax no nothing no here locally was hurt wow okay so mm -hmm. the question that everybody's asking yes sir there is a there is a hot button topic right now between the PRCA, LVE, and the Breakaway Open, and I want to I want to real quick I want to tell you what I think could, like objectively. Sure. And I've said this on other podcasts too. I feel like I'm an objective source. Am I against the Breakaway and being in the Thomas and Mac? Absolutely not. I think it'd be great. I think they put a lot of work into it. I think they add a lot to the industry. If somebody were to say, but the tickets are already sold out. So why would adding breakaway be a benefit? There's some, there's some points on both sides that rationally I feel like I can understand. Yes. Um, again, mansion on the hill, oh, it must be the LVEs not allowing it or won't give the money or whatever the case may be. How much of that topic do you feel comfortable discussing? Again, I, can, I will say I will I say can I be know, very I can be very vague no, well, and well, well, share again, some information. I can't ask you to speak on behalf of someone else. Sure. I wouldn't do it. I don't sure. think that's ethical. No. Just on the part that you you feel comfortable discussing. Obviously, we all feel, same as you, that the breakaway roping does bring a different crowd to an event. Sure. Um, 
we have it in the Junior World Finals. Sure. It's it's done a wonderful job for the Junior World Finals. Well, talk about the the all around at the Junior World Finals sure. because that was your that was your brainchild. Yes, if sir. somebody wants to know where your your personal standards are, what did you do at the Junior World Finals for the all around? So we wanted an all around for female and all around for male. So we have three female events, which is pole bending, breakaway, and barrels, and uh, for them to have the opportunity to crown a, an all around female. And was that done under any pressure or duress? Is it because what you wanted to see happen? It's what we wanted to see happen. So from a personal standpoint, we can check the list of like, this is not standing in some old boys club perspective, because in other areas of your life, when it was under no pressure, Mm -hmm. you still acted on behalf of the female contestants coming up in the sport. So we can rule that out. Yep. Um, I know that there's going to be a money issue, the money that always comes in. Like you said, you're allocating money that you're working to get. Mm -hmm. Um, The time the timeline, one of the things we've heard this week is eliminate the opening act and ad breakaway for the people that are advocating for it. Um, again, I, I'm asking, please understand, mm-hmm. and I will go to bat after this is over. If somebody's like, why didn't he say, you can only answer what you can't answer. Right. Um, so from your perspective, I think if, if you had, a, let me say this, if you had a thousand dollars cash in your pocket right now, which maybe you already do, but, <laughs> and you were going to bet yes or no, do you see a day where the breakaway in is held in the performances someday? Yes. See, I, I mean, that alone, that alone to me would be an encouraging thing for a breakaway to hear. I, like, see, I see a day. Uh, I mean, I don't know how or when. Those things definitely need to be worked out. Uh, I do know that uh, Jimmy Monroe does a wonderful job, and she made a strong presentation to the NFRC board. Um, you know, I think that what Michael Gaughan is doing for breakaway at the South Point by offering absolutely. up those dates pre um, obviously, with the World Series of team roping there, he wasn't going to interfere with that. Sure. Um, so personally, in my opinion, I think this is a good start for where they're going and what they're doing. Um, in fairness, to be fair, Bo, breakaway in at this level is still new. It is. This idea that the rodeo that's been going on for all these years it's been here in this town for almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. Breakaway is really still new on the scene. I understand their point of like, we want to be a part of it. And I'm for, I actually, I, to be honest, I'm for that. Yep. If there's a way that makes it work for everybody and if the money's there, um, I don't think that it needs to be a, a, a shame thing. I don't think anybody should let the breakaway in into the Thomas and Mac based on shame or no. pressure. I don't no. think they would say that. I think no. they wouldn't say that. No. Being that it's brand new, and if people can understand how complicated putting on the national finals already is, and when you add that, it's an added added complication. But I could it's still new. The breakaway kind of just showed up. So the fact that it hasn't gotten there yet is not some sort of a slap in the face. Right. You know, uh, so what happened this week with at the UNLV and the PRCA was very strong about having 10 perfs. Right. And their reasoning for that is because of tradition. Sure. It's a tradition to have 10 performances. Which works to the contestants' benefit yes, it on does. this one. Yes, it on does. On this specific 100%. Topic. What was LVE's position? Did LVE's you position was logistically we could not do 10 perfs in nine days. Right. There was no way we could sell the tickets, do the shuttle buses get the arena cleaned and well, ready security, to go and yeah it just works. it was just so much we couldn't do it timing wise could not do it you couldn't start later because all the shows and everything have already been set in place for right. afterwards right which is actually what pays o'clock. their bill for the 100%. rest of the week yeah 100 percent. so 
It was a great resolution. So that y'all's position was, well, we can't do, there's some things we can't do. Yeah. But if you're dead set on 10, here's what we can do. Which is a perfect way to start a new contract. I mean, you guys all work together. We all, we butted heads maybe for a little bit, but I I tell you what, it it all came out in the end. And, um, you know, all in all, the whole time, um, the Las Vegas side had permission to pay for all 10, whether there was nine performances or 10, the contestants were going to get the money. Yeah, the money was going to get paid. The money was going to get paid. So do you think that there's a day, and I, I don't, man, this is a nuanced thing. I realize I'm asking for a lot, and I know you've got a heart out. I'll be done here. I'll, I'll let you get out of here pretty quick. Um, do you think there's a day where both sides collectively see the benefit mm-hmm. and go, you know what, now it's probably time we can do it? I will tell you that the, the between the PRCA and LV, just from my eyes, I've only been here since 2012, but I tell you since since Tim Keener and, and Tom Klaus and, and their board and, and the LVE board, it's the best relationship I think we've ever had. I yeah. think it's one of the strongest relationships as far as working together. Right. Everybody's positive. Everybody's trying to do the same thing. It was never, it was not always like that. Yeah, it was contentious. I remember, yeah. I remember yeah. stories of the contention that would come out when of When we went through contract negotiations in 14, that was rough. Yeah. That was really rough. These contract negotiations, far better. Yeah, everybody's leaning in. Far better, in absolutely. Yeah. So then, so then that may, I mean, to your, to the other point, that might be what sets the table that mm-hmm. if there was going to be a significant change soon or someday, it, it's, it's better to produce that from a good relationship instead of a contentious one. Yes, sir. You know, if everybody's kind of on the same page, they go, okay, guys, let's talk. Let's like, just be positive. Let's, just, let's yeah. just push the pause button. Right. Let's actually just talk and see that you're saying the table might be set for those uh, kind of negotiations. Uh, I'm saying that uh, it, it is positioned better than it ever has yeah. been. Yes. Well, and, and obviously you're not, I, I would. Even if you said yes, you couldn't. Yeah. Like, you're not in a position to make any promises. I think right. anybody listening would recognize that. I mean, there still could be a, a hard no from somebody, but there could be obviously. Let's talk. That's okay, let really. Me, this is a vague question, intentionally okay. vague. We just signed a new contract to go through mm-hmm. 2035. Um, I think everybody hears that as like it's poured in concrete and it's already hardened. Is there the potential? And I'm not asking for a yes or a no. I'm just saying ethereally. Mm-hmm. Is there the potential that within that 2035 contract, there's still room for adjustments to be made? We always of do. Any sort, yeah, of any we, sort. We do. We make adjustments as we go. Okay. I mean, even in the ground rules for the NFR, those sure. adjustments by, you know, uh, Alan Reinheimer is doing a phenomenal job. Um, he worked under Sean Davis for, for 20 years, you right. know, and he's done an amazing job and is making those changes as he sees fit. When the timing is right, he'll make the the presentation for those changes. And Shout out it, Alan Reinheimer. Absolutely. Last question. I'll let you go, and i, I got to get to Kavanaugh's. Mm-hmm. Is the, does LVE have any personal investment into things like the replay? Because that's one of the things we hear. I know that's PRCA. I know that's up to them. I realize that's a hands-off thing. It's their organization to run the way that they see fit. Is there ever a day that LVE could put have any sort of conversation about something like that, or would, is that completely out of y'all's hands? They run their own thing. I've not been involved in any conversation nor heard any conversations about replay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's like here's what I'm asking. Yeah. Because LVE is such a like a – famous but maybe to most relatively unknown thing i think but the point i was trying to make is you guys aren't controlling the prca they are still their own entity mm-hmm. you guys do what you do in partnership with the prca but ultimately the decisions that are going to be made for the prca are made internally by the prca and its leaders mm-hmm. the lve has to work with the decisions that come out of that mm-hmm. you guys are not somehow got your fingers on the dial so, so there's the- an nfrc there's an nfrc committee where they have um, you know, the opportunity to sit in one room together 
Um, you know, Tom represents the PRCA board, but uh, yeah, that NFRC is 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 equally split, and mm -hmm. it it requires a, a you know by ground rules the the winning vote. Yeah, yeah, it is still a vote. Yeah, well, and I think honestly, that's how it should be. Yeah, there's, this vote should yeah. matter. That's yep. how we get the the fairness of what we're trying yeah. to accomplish bo it's a partnership i wish at some point at some point in the future i'd like to yeah. sit down i'd like to get the whole story i know your time crunch i appreciate you taking the time absolutely to do that. thanks for jumping thank on. you